Hello, beautiful alchemist. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda. I hope that you all had a wonderful holiday if you celebrate any of the holidays. Um, and also, I want to wish you all a very happy new year as we are approaching 2022. It is amazing how quickly this year went by. Um, so many things happened with in what seems like a very short time span, but whatever is going on with you, where you are on your path, I send so much love and gratitude to each one of you for being here, for showing up, for contributing to this community in any ways that you do, whether it is that you are sharing the podcast with others, that you attend my classes or coaching, or that you just send emails sharing with me your own personal ahas and what you're learning in your own journey. I appreciate all of it. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart as we are wrapping up season eight of Reiki Radio. It's really hard to believe that it's been eight years <laughs> since starting this podcast. And if you've been here since the beginning, you have witnessed many iterations from podcasting with my very dear friend Ethel to doing some episodes by myself to having several interviews recently. But what I am very thankful for is that I have this opportunity to have these exchanges, have these um, moments of consideration, of clarity, of questioning, and sharing it with so many of you that I have never met, may never meet, but that we are all in this web of healing and practice and curiosity and exploration together. So I thank you again for your presence, for your contributions, for just being here, <laughs> the essence of you and any desire that you hold in your heart for your own healing and transformation for the benefit, not only of your own life and life experience, but for the benefit of all. So today we are wrapping up the Alchemy of Reiki series with a beautiful, beautiful soul named Padma. Padma, like all of the other um, previous interviews within the series, is a member of the Alchemy Circle. And it has been an absolute pleasure getting to know Padma. As you will see in this interview, she is funny and insightful and so full of wisdom and very curious, like so many of us when we begin seeking on these paths. But what was very unique to this conversation that we had was a lot of Padma's background. So Padma is a Reiki master teacher and a chakra healing practitioner. And she comes from a family that has been practicing energy work through Reiki, yoga, and Ayurveda for decades. But she became more disciplined in her approach and practice when she received initiation into a more traditional lineage of Yusui Reiki Roho. So we discuss finding sameness between various systems of practice, which I'm sure so many of you can relate to. We also talk about the light and dark aspects of goddess energy, which is very interesting. And we talk about how working to strengthen throat chakra energy also reveals your aspects of mind and what you hold in consciousness. So through her own practice of energy work, the various modalities and principles that Padma has applied to her life, she has been able to manage her chronic pains while also coming into deeper understanding of the essence of inner stillness. 
Her journey of healing with Reiki continues to be transformative and uplifting, encouraging her to help people seeking deeper meaning in their lives. And she's very passionate about empowering women to find a, a peace within themselves, to find and free themselves in hope that they can reclaim their own voices and power beyond old wounds of cultural, familial, and societal conditioning. So if you want to learn more about Padma and her work, be sure to follow her on social media at Earth Lotus Reiki. And you can also learn more and work with Padma by visiting her website, earthlotusreiki.com. So I hope that you enjoy this fifth and final installment of the Alchemy of Reiki series. Again, I thank you so much for being here and you can learn more about me, my work and join us in the Alchemy Circle by visiting my website, theenergeticalchemist.com and I will see you on the other side. Hey everyone, welcome to Reiki Radio. I am here today with a beautiful alchemist named Padma. Padma, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's it's such a pleasure and it's it's a dream and I think one of the brightest in my in consciously creating you know this and I've been thinking about it for a while and somewhere I knew that I would meet you you know on the, in this space. Um, I assume that I would be interviewing you, but you know how it happens. It, it's it's that illusion which of separatedness that dissolves. So you know it's just a conversation, but but it's it's I, I just cannot tell you how happy I am to be here. So grateful. Thank you so much. Oh, honey, I am so grateful and so thankful to have met you to um, exchange so much with you over this last year or two. And you never know, one day you could be interviewing me. Can't wait for that. Good <laughs> goal to have, actually. Yes. yes, yes, I would love it. So I have so many things um, to talk about with you. I have had the pleasure of being able to interview several of the people within the Alchemy Circle. And so in this, I've learned a lot about you all's backgrounds that I didn't know before. So before we kind of dive too deep into everything, I just want to start out by asking um, about your journey with Reiki. And even I was surprised to know that it was something that you were in connection with within your family, even, you know, to start. So could you tell us a little bit about your background in connection to spirituality and where Reiki came in? Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was actually, it has, it has been a part of life and it, it, it just seemed like everyday life. I culturally come from, uh, from India, from, uh, from, um, we are culturally Hindus. So, uh, you know, yoga, Ayurveda, and all those other practices, which are, you know, sister sciences, they've been a part of life, but we never kind of knew it as a spiritual practice to learn from because it was everyday life, right? I mean, we still cook food, which is, you know, uh, which follows certain uh, spices, which, you know, are good for the doshas, you know, understanding all that uh, um, aspects of Ayurveda. But uh, when it came to yoga, my paternal grandfather was uh, practice yoga every day. And in summer holidays, we used to go back to meet to go and see them. And then I used to see him doing, you know, those very difficult asanas. And uh, um, my own grandmother was a Reiki practitioner. And at, at that time, I would, 
you know, just see her practice uh, Reiki every night before she slept. Uh, I, I don't think I ever sat with her to understand. I, I knew it was Reiki. I knew that she was uh, doing a practice which was self-healing. And she would later in the morning tell me that when I do this, I feel very relaxed. I don't need to, you know, take those pills, which they do, right? Those sleeping pills where as you grow older, people tend to take those. And she says she, it used to bring her into a state of calmness. So, uh, so that, that was, I think, in a way, an introduction to, uh, to the spiritual practices, which were a part of life. Um, I didn't really pursue uh, them seriously until... I think it, of course, I began to do yoga because, you know, seeing it in the family, I did, uh, I used to, uh, I think right from in my 20s, I've been doing yoga, um, uh, you know, understanding, breathing, awareness, connection to the breath. So, so that was a very uh, normal life for us. Never did I pause and say, okay, I need to, you know, someday go deeper into it to understand, okay, we come from a certain tradition, there are some lessons to be learned. Um, Perhaps I had that feeling in me, you know, sometimes they don't come to the forefront unless something happens. And that something was, uh, when uh, back then when I was studying, um, I remember uh, His Holiness Dalai Lama was, you know, he was preaching in our, in our uh, university and, uh, and we attended his uh, discourse and it was pretty exciting. And, and I was very happy because I, I felt I met a spiritual leader, right? I, I mean, it, it, is, it, it was a moment. It was a very important moment in life. For some reason, he, um, amongst the thousands of people, and we were standing out there just to have a glimpse of him, you know, up close. He, I saw him walk by. For some reason, he turned back. He came back to me. I, I was like, gosh, what's happening, right? But I was just, I was just staring at him and he held my hand and he looked into my eyes. I can't tell you what it was. It was, it was just so profound. It is, it still stays with me that, that he just nodded his head and he went away. And when I look back, there was a connection there because a week after that, a friend of mine approached me and he said, there's a energy healing workshop, which is going on very close home. Would you like to attend? I was like, energy, healing? Okay. okay. I mean, I didn't know that yoga and all these were a part of energy healing practice. I said, yeah, sure. Because I was somewhere inclined. So I did go. And uh, it, and this is also another uh, type of energy healing called uh, pranic healing. Prana is the life force energy, very similar to Reiki. And it also finds its roots in Japan. So I attended that course, uh, you know, got attuned. I did use it for a long time, you know, with friends and family asking them, okay, do you have any pain? Can I come and help you? Is your tooth aching? You know, all that kind of. <laughs> so, so I continued uh, in a way, but I think it was not until I, and then life went on, you know, I went back into corporate uh, India. I worked, I was in human resources for a long time. So understanding people being connected to them was something I think I had naturally because I know that people used to seek me out and, you know, want to talk to me about their lives. So, and I enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed connecting with people there. Uh, it was in, uh, when I moved to, uh, to the US a few years back, um, there was a time, I think it was just before the pandemic. Um, and I remember for, the, for one week, I had my grandmother constantly coming into my dreams. It was insane. And she would keep talking about Reiki. It was like she was whispering. 
imagine it took me one week to realize that you know some there is a spirit guide coming and giving you a message on something and you need to maybe wake up to it because you know there will be signals there will be you know messages that will come so that's when i actually found a teacher here and i uh, i did all the three uh, you know levels and i got uh, attuned and but i did know that this was the path i wanted to take i began to do the self healing and i found it very uh, helpful in my own journey because um and then i uh, i wanted to know more about it i wanted to understand the traditional uh, system of japanese reiki i wanted to dig deeper into it and that's when i found reiki radio thank you for that and <laughs> and i i i heard so many of your uh, podcasts while cooking i would hear and and i would you know i mindfully listening to it 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 helped me in understanding especially the history it's very important to understand understanding the precepts the way you have explained has has been life changing as far as i'm concerned so there's so many things pamit this is amazing i'm like okay i got to <laughs> put it in order first i want to say um i also had an opportunity one time to hear the dalai lama speak and what really struck me about hearing him speak was how funny he was and the reason it struck me is because i think back then um a lot of spiritual teachers or leaders that i had come across all seemed so serious in nature and then here you have the dalai lama who was very funny um very funny very um just seemed like such a kind heart like this this energy around him was amazing so yeah i can relate to that but okay so going back to in your family you were practicing yoga and you were um connected to ayurveda and all of these systems and even went on to study pranic healing and i have to ask so back then when you were practicing was it just because it was like you say it was just a part of life um or was it something that was connected to back then like your emotional well-being like did you make any connection to like the why you were doing these practices or how they were um supporting you in your life in any way um you know there was a time and i i i did feel that i needed it there was this uh, i think lack of harmony for a better word mm-hmm. which i i i was looking for it in the sense that i knew that there was something uh, that i needed to seek within myself to to change a change many aspects of life and but but life was going on it it just went on and i don't think i really paused and said okay what is it that although there was this lingering knock which used to happen but i didn't i wasn't aware of its what i wasn't aware of the messages it was giving me but so it was eventually i wanted life to happen through me you know not just pass pass by and that's when i i paused and i said and it was also i think uh, you often speak about the dark night of the soul you speak about when a certain trauma happens and then sometimes you wake up right there's a turmoil and you need to transform yourself so at, at that time when i was back in india for me it was the beginning of understanding an an, an energy system uh, maybe more in a theoretical sense mm. but 
but when i came here and i again got the same message about energy healing that was when i knew that i i i was at least able to connect those two together and i said okay here is a spiritual path and i knew that i wanted to take one because uh, the harmony of the mind and body is very essential and and i don't think i gave myself that much of um, i think i needed to understand a lot about myself and there were a lot of physical aspects also you know a lot of ailments which manifest as physical uh, the energy blocks you know that become disease right? right so that was also happening and uh, so to an extent it was something which i knew i wanted to do but it was also a hard knock on my head that you know what this is the time for you um i think pandemic in a way when we were asked to go inside was a good opportunity to literally go inside like the hermit you know yeah. shine that light within you so that gave me a, a lot of i think uh, opportunity to 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 connect with the alchemy circle being able to share ideas and actually know, learn a lot so to have those live sessions and to hear the real time examples of what's happening uh, is the best way to you know understand the uh, an energy system an energy healing system yeah and it's it's really cool to think i mean like here you have this as you know part of your life and um but you still went through this process of like well how do i understand it in a different way and whether you were consciously aware that you were trying to do that or not it's interesting how things can be presented to us but we also always have an opportunity to go deeper just like reiki class you could go to reiki class and that be the end or you can go deeper with whatever it is that you were taught to practice and you know see how it applies so i have to ask you about that because you you did the pranic healing and then you were wanting to help anyone that had any physical ailments these types of things and then you yourself were dealing with some chronic pain and so very cool that your grandma came into your dreams and <laughs> kind of like um inspired you to reconnect to some form of energy healing. So when you got to that point, was it just this relationship between you and the physical pain? And then were you trying to just um, work through the layers of that or what really revealed itself to you once you started implementing Reiki into your practice? That's a great question because I have answered it in several ways. And there are transformative answers that come out of it so there are i think there are very there are a lot of dimensions to that it this the simplest answer to that would be that beginning to do an energy healing uh, you know a practice such as reiki it it began it changed my relationship with self and that's the simple answer and and hence it changed my relationship with the world right the world view changed now if you ask me yes it did come as a i did know that i when 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 one has a physical uh, ailment and it's very easy to go to a doctor right and you get medicines or you can take painkillers but when it is consistent it is chronic then there is definitely an emotional block there and i was going through certain no uh, certain energy uh, i think emotional blocks which i was refusing to release at that point of time i didn't know how to do it i did not have the tools to uh to you know release them how does the one you know i know that now i know about meditations but that was a time when i didn't so i went seeking because i knew that there there have to be there has to be answers right yoga meditation yoga comes with meditation there is breath work there all those kind of help to an extent but 
you have to make them a part of your life as a practice it has to be that ritual you know so uh, so when i realized that i w- i cannot stop working i need to work but at the same time i need to understand how these um, blocks are manifesting and why they are doing it so i me- i realized that that would mean that i need to ask some hard questions to self mm-hmm. and uh, reiki does that right reiki although there is the precepts one works with every day but then there is that shadow work which you do and how many of us really want to do that right let, let the let those be hidden there it's okay we can still um, you know convince ourselves to another reality and move on but but end of the day that doesn't help you you need to dig deep you need to find those uh, shadows you need to you know throw light into them and, uh, so uh, reiki was a practice which began as a self healing practice but as i went deeper into it with you with your classes with the group i realized there are so many layers to it there there is a whole world out there that glorious rabbit hole there of but my most favorite is i the way i divide my how the practice is practicing the practice as you so that 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 is very important to me and that is what kind of i think uh, brings me into a certain amount of balance every day so without that i i don't think today i can really feel very grounded or centered yeah yeah well, i have to ask you this too because you're sharing so much and i want to make sure especially people who may be newer to the practice or just you know curious about the different dimensions of how we can work with energy and what it's really about so you know you had this experience of being able to help people with their physical pain you were also dealing with some physical pain but in the um working on yourself energetically you then started to realize there was more layers to why the chronic pain was there and the energy blocks that were created the maybe um different stories and uh emotions that you weren't maybe looking at consciously before so all of this starts to come into your awareness and then were you working by yourself on this what was the process for you was it uncomfortable were you just eager to do it because you wanted to heal what was your relationship to starting to see yourself in a different way so uh, so basically i as a personality i like gathering information i first like understanding the concept of anything mm-hmm. so for the when i began to learn reiki for the first few months i would just read every book i found on reiki right to understand various uh, uh, you know viewpoints on, on reiki but at the same time it was just very limited to me maybe you could call it a lack of confidence that i wanted to use it on someone else on you know be there and say okay i'm here i'm a reiki healer i didn't think i was there yet because i knew that there was something deeper here because every time i dug deep i was like really this is also an aspect of reiki reiki is just not hands on healing it goes beyond that and um, Mika also he did uh, start this right reiki when he introduced it he did want it to be a spiritual path so so there was that in that eh? there was a spiritual path involved so initially to answer your question yes i i did find a lot of uh, uh, peace and calm uh, i did see my pains going away uh, but it was just not that self healing it was when i to be honestly able to uh, chant the gokai the five precepts and but actually to live the gokai are two different mm. <laughs> stories yes so and i do remember the first few classes with you were about that just for today right i'm like wow that statement by itself 
can have so many stories in that, right? Just for this yeah. moment only. Um, I had the most difficult time dealing with the first two precepts of anger and worry because I think I carry them. And I don't carry anger per se, but there are frustrations. And those are mostly uh, towards me, not the world, which is also not a good idea because everything <laughs> starts with self, right? <laughs> so, yes. So yeah, it, it's it was that it was I understood the levels of and the layers that were in it right from the meditation right from mindfulness to the precepts to the and and I do like I mentioned I I am I enjoy uh, working with Reiki with the traditional Japanese uh, you know techniques and traditions and I'll tell you why because that was when when I began to actually. When they, they speak about the uh, Ken Yukoko and Joshin Kokuho, they actually talk about, you know, releasing cords. It is just not, you know, dry bathing has got so much stories in, you know, into it. And to be able to do that every day in the morning and in the night when you finish your day has such an effect on you. You are releasing cords, you are sending them for healing to the people to whom they should go. And the basic you know, the basic rationale behind that is that don't have people in your thoughts when you're sleeping, have yourself, right? Release them, let them be in their space. Yeah. So so for me, when I learned uh, um, Reiki, uh, it was just like a, a study material, right? I'm studying. But when I dug deep is when I understood the various dimensions that it can involve. Um, coming into your space, uh, being able to breathe into the Dantian, the lower Dantian is such a, it, it seems so simple. It is, it is so beautiful. It, it can just center one so easily, right? To start any Reiki session, whether it is for a client or for self, to be able to sit in that space of stillness and, you know, and be able to breathe into that space of your soul just sets, sets the, the theme for, for that session. So all these were the nuggets which I began to, um, uh, you know, discover with yeah. you, with the, with the team, myself, reading books. So there was, there is a world out there. I still feel I've just scratched the surface, but <laughs> I absolutely love what I am uh, learning from there. No, and you always explain it so beautifully, Padma. I love even in the alchemy circle when you share like your insights that come through, um, they really point to a lot of your um, insightfulness and mindfulness. And you remind me of that when you mentioned the Gokai. I mean, you said something very striking. It is very different to just chant the Reiki principles versus how do we then begin to live them, right? And even that um, aspect you said of breathing into the Lord Dandian, it reminds me of how that can really support us into that presence of just for today, just this moment. And again, while these practices may seem so simple, they are really, really life-changing. So I have to go back a little bit to the Gokai. Um, and even you talking about like Kinyokuho and Joshin Kokiho, the mindfulness within these different techniques that we do. Because again, we can learn anything and just kind of go through the motions or be stuck on the technical aspects. But when we come into relationship with these practices, as we're coming into relationship with us, it totally changes the experience of what these practices are, right? So with the being free from anger, being free from worry, which you know I think a lot of us 
are like, what, how on earth do you do that? <laughs> like with the Reiki principles, like, oh, uh, it sounds good, but how do I do it? So I have to ask you just even that at base level with the Gokai for, because there will be a lot of people listening who have maybe not yet considered how to actually live this or how to work with it. What do you recommend or how did that work for you with, okay, so being free with anger, now what? How did that work into your practice and how do you work with it even now? So it, it's a practice, yes, I, I do chant and I, I find it very important to also chant them in, in the original text in the, in the Japanese. So I begin by chanting them, but it goes beyond that, right? Once you do the chanting and which is a practice, it, which could be a checklist in doing a self-Reiki practice. And then you begin to meditate and you, you, you have to sit with that emotion. You have to sit and this is where a little bit of shadow work also comes. Just for today, I'm free from anger. So are you really free is a question because <laughs> as humans, are we? And a lot of uncomfortable questions, you know, uh, emotions come out of it. So the way I do it is I do a lot of journaling. I have a lot of prompts for myself. I also go beyond that because I go and speak to my family about it. And I say, okay, I know that I have this. I have a certain maybe aspect of anger, which is short-temperedness. And I know that I have it. So how is it that, you know, uh, I, I have to sit and see when does that trigger me on about whom does it trigger me? It's a question to self. It's also the question to others. And then you, and the journaling aspect of it really helps it. And, and you have to be so aware, you have to be consciously aware of every moment in your life on an everyday basis to understand when does this happen and where does it come from? And, and when we, again, later talk about the chakras, where is it that you see it, right? In which aspect? For me, most of the time, uh, this is because I have done a lot of work on myself. I see it in my throat. The, the anger stays there because I, as I grew up, I always would stop myself from expressing myself. And then I would sit and seriously feel bad. Okay, why am I not able to, why don't, have the, why don't I have the courage to express? So for me, my throat chakra has been the one that has, uh, you know, I think held a lot of anger in wanting to express myself. Maybe now people would find it hard to believe because I don't, you know, I, I do love talking, depends on who I'm with, but, but this expression of self and, honestly expressing yourself, but with compassion, by the way. I, I can obviously spew a lot of, if I want to, which I don't, but, and that's the easiest thing to do, as opposed to being able to communicate what you want to say in a more compassionate manner. And that comes from a lot of reflection. It, it uh, you know, being a person who is mostly reactive, mostly very emotional, to coming to a space where Yes, somebody might be screaming at me, but let us understand where is that wound coming from? Mm. Where, is, where is that uh, unhappiness coming from? A, a few years ago, I would think that is impossible because that's what I would do, you know, react if somebody is saying something, but or most of the time I would keep quiet and feel bad about it. And then, you know, be frustrated and be unhappy with self. So there was a lot of, the reason this is a self-work is that you're trying to, understand what are those things which are stopping you from being your authentic self right yeah so coming back to the gokai i think meditating if meditating doesn't just mean sitting someplace and meditating on the gokai it's it's being mindful about that aspects of you on an everyday basis seeing where they happen when they happen but to write about them 
I have often found answers in my dreams. That's how I work. So I have a journal beside my table where I, not that I wake up in the middle of the night, but fortunately I remember them. <laughs> I have a lot of downloads that happen in the night. So that helps. But I think also talking to people whom you trust also helps. Uh, it's not something I did very easily because I would hesitate. I'm like, oh my God, I'm giving them a chance and I'm going to hear a lot. <laughs> but, you know, when people are close to you, they're going to give you genuine answers. So I think that takes a lot of courage too. I mean, one, it's one thing to be like mindful and reflective within our own space, which is, you know, like you say, it is a practice. And I love that suggestion you give of journaling. So if you are working with the Gokai and having consideration for where you do recognize your own anger and worry, or even your own gratitude, but writing about it so that you can be reflective to help work through um, those processes, but to be, I think it's a bold move to ask people very close to us. So what do you think about how I express myself? Because I mean, you know, that's very, I think vulnerable to ask like, what is it that I am um, projecting or what is your interpretation of how I am being and having that to be another point of reflection. I mean, that's amazing to think of in of itself, Padma. There's another thing that you shared too um, about the chakras and holding the anger in your throat and being very aware of why it's held there. And it brings up this question, you know, because people may study different systems and have uh, various practices from different schools of thought. And often there is this kind of debate of sorts of some people think you can only focus on one tradition. Others think, you know, like I personally can see where they all point to essentially the same things is fine. But having that, I mean, very interestingly, just in your life, like you grew up with understanding and um, awareness of yoga, pranic work, connection to breath, um, Ayurveda, all of these things, even the chakra system. And now here you come into the practice of Reiki. Your practicing of that, did it give you any more insightfulness about the other systems you were already familiar with and vice versa? Did maybe yoga and breath work support your practice of Reiki? How did that, how did you um, see these practices in relationship? Yeah, another great question. I So basically, if, you know, any spiritual practice, right? It, it, the, the greatness about spiritual practices and, and the reason I like them, I, I'm comfortable with them is the fact that there are no dictates involved. You know, there are no rules that you have to do this because ultimately the we are all exploring and the and where we are reaching is actually finding our true selves or some people call it spirit some people call it god so but every uh, i think spiritual tradition points to the same it gives the same message as to how can you dig deep into yourself to be able to find that true self right mm-hmm. and there will be a lot of work which one needs to do so even if you came to yoga yoga and breath work yoga is about time one a person to you know, uh, to the breath work. Ultimately, with the breath work, the person is uh, is being more aware. Yoga is also about awareness, awareness of breath, awareness of the spirit. The the asanas or the the exercises of the yoga sutra are actually there is only one 
one uh, if if one got deeper into the scriptures there is there is only one place where they mention the other sutras are all about how to you know reach a state of spirituality right where you go and find the true self so all these finally are speaking about the same thing and if one is open to that and i am not a purist in any sense um in fact interestingly i Uh, my own uh, i think we were encouraged as as, uh, as kids also with 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 the way we were brought up by our parents to um and i although i come from a traditional hindu family i have had friends from various religions i have gone to every religious place because there is that beautiful vibration out there so it goes beyond religion i think these are dictates which people find comfortable to be aligned to uh i don't uh, but it's also because perhaps of the messages which my own parents gave us uh, growing up was was uh, uh, my dad worked with this he worked for the united nations so there was a lot of people from all over the globe who used to come home for dinners and i have met people from every aspect and this was growing up okay in my teenage uh, people from uh, from you know places like indonesia uh, germany uh, spain and uh, uh, south africa and i remember all of them and it was such a beautiful culmination of cultures so there was that anyway there, there is never like i i never mention or i never call let people i never discuss religion i mean in the sense that i don't identify with that right. and that's a very personal opinion there's nothing right or wrong there so so for me it was i think very um, natural to be able to understand spiritual practices which would resonate with me as opposed to saying okay maybe it's not yoga so i'm not going to do this so uh, i found reiki to be the closest to uh, to something which i had as an understanding i know that reiki japanese reiki might not speak about the you know the specific chakras as yoga would you know uh, uh, would speak about but end of the day it is about the energy meridians energy meridians are called chakras in certain traditions and they all speak about how you align all these together so for me they all are maybe different languages or different scripts but they all come back to the same it is you you are using the reiki symbols the first symbol is about finding your true self going into your kami that is what it is and i think even yoga says that Uh, ayurveda helps you with uh, learning the right uh, you know foods to eat that could align you based on your personality so they are all saying the same i think that is so beautiful i'm glad um that you mentioned this padma again because you really have i mean you've had um what an amazing life experience really to be exposed to so many different cultures and teachings because a lot of people we don't have that opportunity so i think uh how fortunate you are to have had that at such an early age but really i think it also brings us into that um space of like the non-duality and softening the judgment and having more compassion and understanding when we come out of the rigidity of only one way is the right way which you know i, I and i i don't i think we go from a stage of seeking and we graduate from seeking into observation but i think when we're in the seeking stage a lot of us are just looking for what is right what is the right thing that is going to help me understand life in a fuller way or help me understand myself in a fuller way whatever it is that has caused you to seek we often are seeking so much because we we want to make sure we got all the information that we have the most right thing and all of this 
But to your point, I think once we start integrating and coming just out of the information and start implementing, then we come into that deep, deep state of observation where those lines of separation do dissolve. And we see how all of these systems really are pointing to the same thing. And it is, it is quite amazing. So I wanna ask you about this because again, there's so much beauty in hands-on healing and there's so, there's so much beauty in um, a lot of aspects of the practice of Reiki that have been emphasized, but with what you shared, there are deeper layers to it. So I wanna ask you about that very specifically. Were you, once you started going into whatever form of practice that helped you start being like, okay, I'm more reflective, I'm journaling, I'm doing all of these things. What then started to come with your relationship to practice and relationship to you? Did you notice any shift? Do you notice any now? Like, what is your relationship to you and, and your practice that has changed over the years? I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful, uh, my favorite question, actually, because there's so much to that. Uh, it, it is, see, end of the day, I am doing a practice. I have to learn the lessons. Is it changing me? Is it transforming me? What is the shift there? Until I do that, I cannot genuinely speak about it, right? Or mm -hmm. in, all, in all honesty, uh, a day for me begins by showing up for myself, right? I'm honoring myself uh, today. Thanks to the practice, I, uh, th there's a lot of, the, and, and I will speak about that, the creative aspect of it, but it just begins as simple as getting up, being in gratitude for the day. How often have I done that in my life? That is the third precept, yes. But do I, okay, I woke up today. Maybe there were people who didn't. So, yeah. I mean, sounds morbid maybe, but you know what I mean. I'm talking yeah. about the gratefulness of, of, of just existing, right? Just being me, but then having an opportunity to uh, be aware of how you are, planning the day, structuring the day, how the ritual of meditation that you begin a day with will help clarify your day. To have those as tools, and for a person like me uh, who needs that kind of organization because I have a lot of things going on in my head. So <laughs> I, I, I like structuring my day and that has been the biggest lesson I have learned through Reiki, which is very surprising. It's not a management course, but it is really, you know, I mean, <laughs> that is also an aspect of it. <laughs> I need to make, make a note of that. But, but to me, that's how it is. I start the day and uh, there's a meditation, there's an intentionality. There is, uh, you know, the uh, energy is flowing where thoughts are flowing. So it's very important to sit in that state of stillness to figure out how do you want the day to be, right? And, and then that, that sets the day. And then you uh, also do the self-healing. And if there are any um, conflicts going on in your mind, and especially if you, one is working, then they might crop up. So it's a good, good space to be in to understand, okay, how do I deal with it today, right? With compassion, with understanding for the other person. And those were not the tools I had earlier. It was, like I said, a very reactive life. But now... Imagine even before I go on with my day, I get that chance of 45 minutes to sit in meditation, to be able to call in my guides, to be able to thank them for being a part of my life. And then to, to be able to create an intentionality. Or So it's like having your own personal coach within yourself, you know? <laughs> um, it, uh, so that's how it is. But for me, the, the one of the 
very transformative changes I've seen within myself is my inner voice, my inner voice with a lot of frustrations of the past and the regrets. This voice was very hierophant type, you know, in the tarot. The very, uh, the, the very strict one to, the, to people who might not understand what I'm saying. You know, what are you doing, right? The, the tone is not, it's like a principal or you know, a headmaster. Yeah. From that, that tone has changed. That inner voice is so soft, so gentle, so understanding. Wow. So to have that voice speak to you and say, okay, this is me, right? This is me, this understands me, it understands my past, it understands me today. Uh, so, uh, I mean, if I had to speak to you about the type, the the amount, the I think the layers of Reiki and the healing, you know, it provides, there is so much to talk about. Uh, we only have this much of time at least now, but, <laughs> but uh, to be in gratitude and to have realized that the voice within me is more encouraging now. It is, it peps me up and I feel so confident and, uh, and the biggest thing that has happened is, you know, I think culturally we come from spaces where because of the gender, because of traditions, we stop ourselves from doing several things because somewhere there's a definition that you cannot do this. Right. And we believe that they are interpretations of others. My biggest learning has been that I do read people's books. I, I relate to them. I respect them. But then I make it my own. I'm, because everybody's reality, every, every, I think everybody's interpretation of what they understand is, 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 is only going to, uh, I think, make sense to them. It's not necessary that I need to make a note of it and have my life also go that way because my reality shows up in a very different way to me. So that was another, uh, I think, profound uh, uh, understanding I had. I'm like, how can reality be different for others when I heard <laughs> about it? And I was reading, I think, uh, Yogananda's autobiography of a yogi when I came across this uh, statement. I had to sit for months together to understand. So, you know, now that I'm talking to you, I'm realizing where, how did I come to the spiritual path as wanting to know it? I think these were all those signs that that came. And and so, yeah, so from there I came to Reiki and I think somewhere I have understood that Reiki is a world of its own and it is a culmination of everything I have been studying. So be it balancing your chakras, be it uh, having intentionality, being or be it shadow work or understanding others' triggers. Uh, and like you said, triggers are our mirrors, right? So what is that showing me about myself? So, but all this happens only when I show up for myself and say, I need to learn this to better myself, to make, to make myself a better person. So that's where everything begins. And I think every, everything ends. Yeah. Oh, Pam, I love so much just the, the um, realization of your inner voice changing. I mean, that's huge. Especially because, again, it's one of those things I don't think we recognize um, always how detrimental our inner critic can be, right? Like a lot of us are talking in our heads, we do it all the time, right? But we don't recognize the impact of our self-talk and it, because it becomes so, um, you know, like it's patterns. Like we may be used to telling ourselves, oh, you can't do that. Oh, my God, you're so crazy or whatever like we have these patterns these habits of telling ourselves certain stories over and over again and again not realizing the implication of what it is that we are saying about ourselves what we may be holding ourselves back from where we may need some 
compassion and love for ourselves. So to have come into this work and with all the um, methods of reflectiveness that you've shared, for it to make a change to that inner voice, that is huge. <laughs> that is such a beautiful thing. And it, I mean, just think about that, like anyone listening, like if you go from overly criticizing yourself to a space where the criticism starts to dissipate and then you become more encouraging of you. Think of how that in of itself would be so life-changing. Absolutely. I mean, um, it has made a lot of impact in my everyday life also. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, coming before doing anything, I, I, there, are, there are a lot of fears, like I said, attached. But this voice is just not gentle. It's not, you know, there to pamper me. It also tells right. me it's okay, right? You can do this. What is the fear coming from? So it's also a good idea at that time because you're used to, like when you sit with a precept and you're saying, okay, let me understand where this is coming from. It's also fear. So if I encounter fear, then I'm also sitting and saying, okay, where is this coming from? Is it something which I uh, was a limiting, um, you know, aspect from my family? Uh, not family exactly. I had a very, I <laughs> think, very non-limiting of sorts. I mean, there's a lot of freedom in terms of family, but culture does, right? Culture Mm -hmm. is uh, limiting in terms of your gender. There are so many stereotypes and biases happening and we do live with those. And sometimes we also convince ourselves that that's how it is. There is a role which a woman plays and and being in the human resources for so long, I've seen those disparities there, right? And that voice is important because that that voice is what will actually make you you know it it gives you a courage yes Uh, you have a choice right your voice you have a choice so you have a voice I I I don't know if you're if I just have to think about this I just came up with this (laughs) okay so yes you have a choice and your with your voice you express yourself and but for so many years, right? We didn't even know that we had a choice, really? I mean, now when you sit, really? I have an opinion or really I have a choice. So there was so much of ingrained, uh, you know, uh, uh, interpretations of how one should live and, and to almost etched in stone, but not. So which is the good part, you can erase them, but it'll take, it'll take a lot of practice, but there is freedom on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. That nobody can stop you, stop one from, if I think something and this is for my highest good and those are the, you know, you have to go through those uh, levels of, call it a checklist. Okay, I want to do this. Is it for the, for my own good? If I'm with a, suppose it's a, as simple as a Reiki practice, right? If I am doing a self-practice, there is an intention for my own highest good, for the highest good of the planet. Those are important when it's a client, it's the sender and the receiver, right? You're, you're, you're thinking about the intention being for the highest good of that. So when, when you fill those spaces up and say that I'm doing this for the good, overall good, then it becomes very easy for one to do that. It, 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 it is that, uh, uh, that, you, that fear goes away because you feel that now there is a real goal out there. There are signposts out there. They are helping you reach that space. Yeah. So when you do that, I think uh, it, it is very freeing. I, I mean, that has been my personal opinion. I, I haven't, uh, and coming back to voice, yes, I have done a lot of work, uh, Yolanda, on my throat chakra. I mean, aligning all the chakras, yes, but I knew that there was a block and 
to even understand that block took a lot of uh, work i think yeah well, it's amazing um i was just thinking i wrote down it's interesting that uh the conversation has pointed a lot to voice which a lot of us have struggles with for different reasons so in the beginning of the conversation you mentioned a bit of you know where you may have restricted your voice and you didn't necessarily speak whatever your feelings or thoughts were um you also spoke a bit about going from being reactive to being more responsive having an awareness that if someone is saying something from their hurt or their wound that you can be an observation of that and have compassion for not personalizing it so to speak but understanding we all have um our wounds but then even coming to where you are now what you're sharing about the inner voice and how that relationship has changed what you have emphasized um for me too is that connection to mind because i think a lot of times when people think about reiki and they think about energy work there is a lot of focus or thought about energy whatever your connection is to that but also body again like you know helping to alleviate stress and tension and physical pain or you know just a lot around the physicality but there are so many aspects of the system that point to purifying heart mind and the healing of our heart mind and i think a lot of what you shared has really emphasized that like so our voice is literally projecting the nature of our mind and what um our stories may be and how where our attention is given and this type of thing so with that i have to ask you this before asking you about being an artisan um <laughs> i have to ask you about that aspect of working with the elements of mind and i i know that you do because i mean you're in the alchemy circle so i i know i've been able to again thankfully i'm so thankful to have been a part of your journey and i learned so much from you to padma and i'm really thankful for um meeting you i wanted to know if you can share a little bit about that what that has been like for you exploring aspects of mind and how that comes into this work and what that has even done for you yeah i i'll actually go back to uh, reiki and the symbols of reiki because mm-hmm. and i do this as you know it's a part of my everyday ritual and i uh, so when i come to a space where i say that i have i now i hear my voice and how it has transformed all that has been a gradual journey it has started with working with the mind and the body and the emotions and working with the symbols working with uh, the energy of the chokure and the seheki and you know understanding what those energies speak about in in reiki and how harmonization of the mind and body is very critical in coming up with even any little decisions in life and uh, i'm a water sign so i tend to be <laughs> very emotional <laughs> the analytical part of course exists but i tend to uh, come from a space of emotion as opposed to balancing both it's not as if i should not be emotional and i have to be only you know mind um, come from an and an, from analyzing things but it is the marriage of both and that is very important in in actually leading your life on an everyday basis so for me it it was it was a revelation when i was learning reiki that that is that becomes so important to balance the divine feminine and the divine masculine 
and to that extent i have i still do a lot of uh, practices i work with other teachers also specifically with uh, um, invoking the goddess energy because i somehow while working with myself felt that that was something which i needed to strengthen within myself the energy of the divine feminine so and that gives courage right the the the, the going away of the fear or the melting of fear happens when you when there is that courage and that courage comes when you know that it is there within you which you can manifest so to understand these energies uh, to understand the energies of intuition and to be able to blend them with the anal analytical or the practic practical part of you and to work with them is is what gives a person that balance it cannot be either or it's not an either and or game so i think th those kind of practices have helped me seriously in understanding uh, the shadow and the light aspects of me also because if there is a goddess that today and i do this very interestingly on in a on a on any day when i feel a little shaken or disturbed i i speak to myself i'm like okay what is the energy which you're looking for is it are you in pain so there is a healing energy that you need so i i invoke the goddess of healing and by invoking and this is my understanding i could be wrong but this is my experience invoking is not somebody who is outside of you there is no goddess outside of you who is coming in front of you and you know sitting there and giving you blessings it is this person who is within you this is that energy which you are invoking saying that i am an aspect of this energy and 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 that by itself again gives you so much of confidence in yourself that you know all these aspects are you uh, it's very simple it's it's very similar to i exist like padma right so to my husband i am a wife to my mother i am a daughter uh, to my nieces i am an aunt but i am the same person so i have various manifestations i you know behave differently with different people there are different energies coming out at that particular time as needed and that's how this divine feminine is also based on so the the thing is to understand when i need what but it's so there are meditative practices involved to invoke the goddess of courage or the invoke the goddess of uh, healing and there are various uh, and i this is where i go i think deeper into my own scriptures but not in a very dogmatic or religious way which was taught by the way i ran up ran away from the the religious aspect of <laughs> from, of where i come from only because there were so many dictates involved and in, you know what men can do and what women but i think interestingly with reiki with working with you i have understood that there are always going to be different interpretations it's just what you pick up from there and there is always something for everyone because after all they are written for people right to help them so yeah so uh, so mind and body one cannot be without that kind of uh, practice on an everyday basis you like you i think what did you call that space cadet if you don't do that you're going to be a space cadet So, so yeah that that balancing is essential and the, the tools are also important and i follow a lot of your tools in that yeah and i love that you bring up um the, you know invoking the goddess energy because a lot of people do come into this deep curiosity of working with guides um whether it's something that they started with but a lot of times coming into energy work and once you start seeking i mean there's so much out there and one of the big topics is guides i mean we all know like you know this conversation comes up all over the place but also working with the divine feminine and goddess energy and all of this um 
also very uh, prevalent within this realm. But I love that you mention it because it does highlight how there are in any tradition, really. I mean, if you look at the Hindu gods and goddesses, if you look at the um, Orishas from just any tradition that you look at, all of these different um, deities or uh, guides or however you like to um, classify them, they all represent different characteristics of our human expression. And so, yeah, I mean, it is beautiful to highlight in the way that you did Padma of how these are the energies that remind us of what is part of us, part of our expression, part of our nature, whether they are the expressions that we learn to work through. (laughs) Some that are more challenging because, you know, but also the beauty of it. I don't know why Kali just came to mind. So some of even the expressions like, when we talk about our work, right? So we talk about, like you said, the aspects of self that reveal more of the true nature, lightness that we may consider, but we can't separate ourselves from also the shadow and what we may think is darker in nature. Like where are also the gifts and the beauty within that? And where do the two really come together? So then we have different deities that we may see in very different light. I did not expect to do this, but it's coming up. You know how it goes. And so I'm going to ask you about two different, very two different deities right now. I hope it's okay. (laughs) But to help people understand even this, this aspect of self that we may look at as separate, but really there's this, this synergy there and this, this, this mm, emphasis on understanding kind of like all the dimensions and layers of our expression. But again, where's the beauty in that? So like the goddess um, uh, Kali is coming to mind again. And a lot of people see the images of her and they're like, "Ah, (laughs) oh my God, right? But could you, with what I just said, and then say on the other hand, who came to mind was Lakshmi, right? It's like beautiful and oh, oh, it's so nice. Could you give an example of maybe the interpretations of these two aspects of goddess energy? They're both aspects of the divine feminine, but even visually are presented in um, very differently, right? But what can we learn in these two different energies that are both very beautiful though? Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, okay. We should have a discussion on this. <laughs> so, uh, so basically, like you said, there is when there is a light aspect, there is also a dark aspect, right? Mm-hmm. If you looked at Lakshmi, right, and when you see her photos, there's a lot of prosperity, money, gold coins falling, and I always and and that was what we were taught. We were like, if you need money in life, you should have Lakshmi's photo. I'm like, okay, I don't need money. I mean, in the sense that who who yeah. really wants to be so, but it's not that. It is about abundance. She defines inner abundance, and it's it's again who writes that about that, right? Yeah. Um, and I I I yeah. So uh, so while Lakshmi in the uh, her the her light is about the abundance, the inner abundance which comes from your health, happiness. It comes from your relationships. Uh, and that's when you invoke her, when you feel that you need a certain, you know, 
abundance is something which which can be i think defined in several ways if you uh, in very in a lot of it could be job related it could be relation related it could be again money a very materialistic also but it also could be the inner abundance it is about the in it could be the inner learning or you know how are you feeling within yourself with yourself your relationship with self that is also abundance so that could be something i'm trying to invoke yeah Right. Okay, so with her, because let's say that a lot of people may associate her with like, goodness, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, this generosity and blah, blah, blah. What could possibly be the shadow to that? So then it comes, uh, her shadow would be greed. It would be too much, too much of an attachment to the, to the material aspects, which we try to gather. Uh, feeling a sense of lack as opposed to feeling abundant because after all if you really look at yourself today and you're sitting I'm sitting in this place and being able to talk to you I might not have the lot you know a lot of things which others have but at least I have this inner abundance I have this opportunity to be able to uh, you know express myself and learn right so it's it's although it's very individual it is the abundance it is it is what whether you define it as physical uh, materialistic or non-materialistic and uh, and I will be writing a blog on this sometime soon so we will okay. you know if viewers are interested I will write deeper I'll dig deeper into the shadow aspect of it but that is what it is it is feeling lack feeling that I, I have nothing or it could also be about yourself saying that I am nothing or I'm not good enough yes so I because- love this because yeah. I you really are pointing out like just to the reason it even came to mind is just to put emphasis to what you shared so beautifully about you know, um, when we work with these different energies, recognizing that they are a part of ourselves. So really recognizing that, say, Lakshmi could help to highlight for us our own relationship with (laughs) abundance in all forms. So I I love that. Okay, so Kali, like, is there a way that we could look at the light and the dark or what this energy may teach us about ourselves? So Kali, right? And I know that you see skulls, you see a garland of skulls, you see the tongue coming out and there's blood oozing out and she has a head of of an evil person in her hand. And symbolically, like the tarot, you can look at the images and come up with certain uh, explanations. So when she cuts the head, it is the, it is, she's asking you to remove ego from you because that's where ego stays in the head. So it is, it is uh, destroying the ego of self, which makes you attached to several things. Um, she also speaks about courage, having the courage to fight. So she's basically, she kills the person who's evil. He's, he's a, uh, he also, he is a bad guy who in the story, he's, he's one of the, he's the king of, you know, the, the, the bad army of people. So she, she, to rid the humanity of all the evils, she cuts him, cuts his head and kills him. So that is the story. That's a little story, which if one went into it, but she's basically saying that there is a darkness, there is shadow and light in all of us. There is that evil, there is that devil, right? Mm-hmm. But it's your choice whether you want to. So she's ending that, uh, those, uh, you know, the, the evils which are there in this world. So that's what she's signifying. She signifies the courage because she's standing out there with anger in her. Uh, the, that is the shadow aspect of her anger. But basically her light side is about the courage to have the courage and within yourself to understand what is it what is the duplicity which you have and which you need to you know uh, figure out and maybe somewhere transform transmute and 
so there's a lot of healing involved there also if you look at kali yeah so she does define courage so when there is when one is feeling very uh, uh, timid or you know wanting to do something which is filled with fear she's the goddess you would invoke but this yeah this is amazing now oh my gosh so maybe if you will like one day come back and we'll have a whole conversation about this because i think again it clarifies and helps a lot of people understand why some people work with different energies and their guides but more importantly how it can really like all things that you've shared point back to having a deeper awareness about you and what your um relationship is to these different aspects of our human experience so um in there you mentioned something um but it made me want to i wanted to make sure to ask oh oh this is what i'm going to say i wanted to let everyone know that you do have a website called earthlotusreiki.com and that will be down in the show description is that where we can also find the blogs as you write them yes yes i i have okay. just started the blogs because i'm also okay. working but i don't have many of them but i just mm-hmm. have placeholders for them but uh, i will eventually but yes have to them. answer your question my blogs will be there Okay, so earthlotusreiki.com and just so you know the link for her website will be down in the show description. Um but I wanted to ask you about um your <laughs> creative nature because you create so many beautiful things. You make these beautiful soaps and candles and last year I was able to have a few which I thank you so much. They're beautiful. And I wanted to ask you how that started. You creating these beautiful um elements and a lot of them are lotus shaped by the way uh but also how that comes into your practice like what does this creation of your candles and soaps how does that feed into your practice as well um that's also that also has been a very transformative journey um i started it when i uh, came came to the us a few years back uh, again that also comes from the you know the the idea of again i'll come back to growing up and using natural remedies right i mean our grandparents always used to have some concoction for your acne or some something right <laughs> so there was a lot of uh, involvement of uh, ingredients from the kitchen to make uh, self care products and i used to be extremely fascinated to use you know moringa or neem and all those coconut of course has been a part of life i think so when i came to the us i i and that that i think that dream always stayed with me that some day i would create some self care products which would um, have the essence of what i learned growing up because somewhere that memory you know it it takes you back to those happy childhood days you know be it the scents or the summer you know the jasmine would would remind me of us Uh, an indian summer wedding or you know all those things and you know gathering of friends and family so i think it began as a uh, as a as my need to feel connected to home because i was here and my i think my heart was there yeah <laughs> so so that's how i started um um i started and i have a lot of knowledge about how to use you know what ingredients or raw materials to use to for a certain skin uh, type of skin or whatever someone is dealing with so but i have always liked the design aspect of anything um and there is a medit- there is meditation involved there also you because it it basically to make say i think 
let me see maybe yes, eight to nine eight to 12 hours of soap it it will take me four hours of working with you know certain raw materials understanding the uh, there's a lot of calculation involved the room temperature in which i work and so there's a lot of science involved there also so uh, so to spend those many hours and then come up with something smelling so beautiful was was pretty exciting to me and that's how i started it um candles yes candles was i think with soaps i loved the fact that i could control the uh, the the designs which i wanted um, and uh, create my own and i used to by default get these ideas in the middle of the night um, and uh, but then uh, with with the work i started so th- i think again that i kept doing it and i liked what i did but i don't know how much of um intentionality i had or would i you know say okay is there something else i can do or it was the limiting factor of fear like if there are two ingredients that don't go together it's because somebody has written about it oh these two smells they don't get along but i'm like okay again that is somebody else's opinion right so so a few years back i was like okay i don't even want to try this because who wants to spoil a a bar of soap <laughs> but now with this work i'm like no i decide if it has come in my dream or if if intuition is telling me that this is a good idea i'm going to do it and i'm peaceful with the fact that maybe i need to throw something away into the trash can so so see there are two things here there is a confidence there's an inner confidence there is creativity that is coming from the sacral there is intuition that is coming from the third eye chakra so there is that that chakra work is happening there's chakra mirroring happening yeah. there and i think it go wrong because you have that intention that you're honoring yourself again and your creativity so so that is the transformation that has happened in my work now and interestingly it has also brought a lot of structure into my life uh, my soap room is more clean now i mean <laughs> after i finish the work uh, i mean i'm just joking but really there is a lot of structure i i know okay these are the things they need to be here i'll finish this then i'm going to clean it and then even the creations are beautiful i feel like i i see a different i can i can see a personality in the in the work i do now which was i think just budding at one time um so i think intuition plays a large role right now in in my work um and uh, with candles i'm loving to do them because i'm able to share that with our alchemy group meditation candles you know if i could and infusing them with reiki energies i love doing that practice of you know uh, filling them up with reiki i do meditations i so i infuse them with with that energy and and i think that really works so i i do love making candles now so yeah oh they're beautiful I'm, your work is absolutely beautiful and i saw some of the newer ones that have like the yin yang um and you have yeah i mean they're gorgeous so again if you um are interested in getting your own beautiful meditative candles that were made with so much intention. You can get that on the website too, right? Yes, yes. earthlotusreiki.com. So I have to ask you one more thing Padma. I I I know we've gone a little over and thank you for having this conversation with us. <laughs> like I could talk to you all day. Um because there are there's so many things I wanted to ask you about, but I have asked the alchemist all this one question. Mm-hmm. And so I have to make sure to ask you as well who is your practice for um. <laughs> Again yeah 
see i would say that it begins with me the yeah. practice does begin with me but and if i'm doing a self practice yes it is me i'm talking i'm figuring out what has to change in me um, but then there is an aspect of when i'm working with someone else and there are that's why there is a, another layer to it then there is another person right there's a sender and then there is a receiver but then you are also dissolving the illusion of separation right between me and that person so finally it is about whatever i'm doing for myself is a small step towards doing something for the planet sounds big but yes that is how it is if you can change you know something about yourself and be able to bring that healing aspect into the other person then that interconnectedness is always going to be there so the work the practice is for me by extension it is for everyone else who comes in my space who on yes. you know all those people who honor me with wanting healing yeah no that's so beautiful i don't mean beautifully said i can't even ask you anything else about that <laughs> <laughs> that said it all padma and i have to ask you this too because um in some of the conversations with people i was able to learn like how they found you know the alchemy circle and coming into um this leg of work and i know you mentioned earlier that when you were practicing you came across reiki radio but what encourage you to come into the group into the circle and then what is that like for you even working with community in that sense i know that you do a lot on your own which i think everyone should do but then what is that element like working with other people yeah and yeah I'll, i'll go back to how i came to the alchemy circle i just came intuitively i just signed up and you know sometimes there are things that you do and somewhere in the back of your mind without any empirical data you know that this is the thing to do i think that's the definition of intuition i just knew that i wanted to and that was the first time by the way i was on patreon it's not as if i i kind of knew about it but i didn't know what were the services or what did that platform do but i just did and i showed up yeah pat on the back for that for myself and then i got connected with you with 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 the circle and all those inspiring true stories you know which i hear and with the tools that you provide us uh, there cannot be anything better than this i mean i i could not have asked for a better <laughs> group of people who teach me every day and we do connect right we do connect on the side we've done book clubs we do reiki shares um, and yeah we do intentionalities we also sometimes i think get together if someone is available just to understand what are the and this is what i like what are the challenges which we personally come across when we are working with our clients so how beautiful is it that it's a space of sharing vulnerabilities there is no competition here nobody we we are all springboards to each other if that is a word to use and uh, and we learn every day i mean real time uh, case studies right i mean it couldn't get better than this so so that is what this circle this is a lifeline to me and i think in the decisions i've made in life this whatever brought me here i'm just so grateful for being a part of this beautiful group of people and you yes oh padma i love it's funny i was just thinking of how i remember you first came you seemed so shy and now you're just like woo like you share so beautifully um with the group but i forgot about that part no one mentioned that but that is true you all have book clubs that i mean so many um meditation circles reiki circles um yeah i mean it's really beautiful even the way where certain people may need support and everyone will rally around and offer that that's a really beautiful thing but i want to thank you personally for 
one, coming to share your story and insights here on the podcast, because I'm sure it will inspire so many other practitioners. I have to thank you from the bottom of my heart for all that you have contributed and shared within the alchemy circle, because again, truly, I learned from all of you as well. And it's just, it's a beautiful space. So I want to make sure that people know how to get in contact with you. We mentioned earthlotusreiki.com. But social media, are you on social media as well? I've just come on to Instagram and this, okay. it's the same handle. It's Earth Lotus Reiki uh, for a specific. Uh, I, yeah, from there, I think there are, that's what I will be uh, using. So there okay. are just these two for now. Yes. And so uh, Earth Lotus Reiki is yes. the perfect yeah. way. Okay. Yeah, in so everyone so. listening, just go down in the show description and I'll have all the links there for you to connect with. Padma, continue the conversation with her and see her beautiful offerings. Um, I wanted to ask you that too. We mentioned your soaps and candles, but are you doing sessions with people at this time? Can people book with you for remote sessions? Yes, I, I am. I'm actually, uh, and I am doing that. And I'm, I work with a sort with just a group of people. I uh, only because there are this these these practices are so personal to people. Um, I and I spend time other tools uh, for, you know, empowering people and journal prompts. So I spend a lot of time doing that. So yes, I am absolutely um, offering uh, Reiki services, uh, remote Reiki for now. Um, special, I think uh, uh, there are specifics and it's there on my, my offerings page also. Um, like Just like the way uh, spending uh, time on chakras has helped me understand my, you know, the light and shadow aspects, I realized that that would be a good uh, tool to also, uh, you know, um, uh, go deeper into. So I have those specific uh, chakra practicing uh, tools also. I learned them from you. Thank you so much. And I have created my own. (laughs) So yeah, so those are also there. So yes, I I, I do feel that all of them. Yeah. I have to thank you for that too, Padma, just as a side note, um, because I know that you have a very more traditional understanding of, um, can you hear me okay? Yes, absolutely. Okay, this earbud sometimes, it, but um, a traditional understanding of the chakra system. And I have to say that for people listening as well, one of the beautiful things I love about the group is everyone has very different backgrounds and we all are open to share whatever our understanding is. And you have contributed a lot from, you know, what it is that you learned and understand, but you also had such an openness to my chakra mirroring. And so that's, again, like the beauty that one of those things I love about you so much is you are so open to just everything. And just, (laughs) again, the way that you process things and the way that you, um, then reinterpret even a lot for us and share what your points of view are have just been absolutely amazing. But it's been fun um, playing in that space with you, I would say, especially with the chakra mirroring. So thank you for that, my love. Yes, thank you so much. Yeah. This was was a great experience to be able to share so much. I mean, I'm finding a lot of aspects of me also while talking, so yes, thank you. (laughs) No, I'm sure like after this, your mind is going to go, you're like, Yolanda, you know what else I thought of? And that's the thing too, on the other side of this, I really truly, because there were so many things we didn't get to talk about. I um, do want to invite you back if you are open to it, having another conversation where we can explore some more. And I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Um, 
please, please, please make sure you connect with Padma. You can see how wonderful she is. Go to earthlotusreiki.com. And that's it for the podcast. But I will see you, my love, very, very soon. Thank Thank you you for coming today. Thank you so much for inviting me. Okay, beautiful alchemist. I want to thank you again for tuning in today and a deep bow of gratitude to Padma. Thank you so much for all that you shared in today's episode. Um, It was a lot of fun having these conversations with all of the alchemists. And I hope that you learned through their stories as well. I hope you found some commonalities, some inspiration, anything to support you on your path. And don't forget, you can reach out to all of the beautiful alchemists that I have interviewed within the Alchemy of Reiki series, but even beyond the authors, the teachers, the other energy healers that I've interviewed over the last eight seasons, the last eight years. (laughs) There are ways to connect with all of them, always down in the show descriptions. And if you want to go back to listen to any episodes that you missed or ones that you just enjoy, don't forget, you can always go back in the archives, whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on, you can search back in the archives, look at titles that jump out to you and listen for the very first time or listen again. And if you'd like to watch some of the interviews, not all of them, but some of them are published on YouTube. Be sure to look for Reiki Radio on YouTube and follow, subscribe to that channel so you will be notified anytime the interviews are published as videos as well. Again, I thank you so much for being here. Don't forget to check out Padma and her work down in the show description at earthlotusreiki.com. If you would like to join me in the alchemy circle, going deeper into your practice for the new year, seeing what it's like to work with community or even work with me one-on-one, Go to my website, theenergeticalchemist.com. You can join us in the alchemy circle. More information is there. You can join me for the path of self-mastery, which includes access to the alchemy circle, plus working with me personally once a month. So there are a lot of options for you there. I look forward to meeting you all. I wish you all a beautiful, beautiful new year. And remember to always journey in love.